This is Art Therapy. Just a few humble discussions on art and the creative process. Its challenges, its rewards, and how it emerges in everybody. Whether you're whizzing around at 2 in the morning with ideas or racking your brains on a boring afternoon for just one stroke of inspiration. Here, we talk about it all. Hello, it's Ted again. In fact, it's going to be me almost every time, so it's probably fair to cut out the fact that it's me, but you're listening to the Art Therapy Podcast. So when police and lawyers and such are building a case for a crime and they need to gather evidence to support a conviction, do you have any idea what is the least reliable source? If you guessed eyewitness accounts, you're right. That's right. People who were at the scene of the crime describing what they saw is one of the least reliable sources. Because, well, let's face it, we have terrible memory. Earlier this summer, my bike was stolen. I reported the crime, and I was asked when the last time I saw the bike was. I had no idea. I mean, I knew it was like the last day and a half, at least, but when did I last see it? In the morning? In the afternoon? When did I last ride it? I made a wild guess, and it seemed like such an easy answer that I could have remembered, but alas, I came up blank. That's because our brains are extremely efficient. Anything we deem not incredibly important is thrown out of our short-term memory. And that's why it's short-term. We can hold on to it for a few minutes and delete it if we need to make room for something else. These trivial memories can range from why we walked into a room to where we put our keys, a phone number, an address, or even ideas. Strokes of inspiration. Eureka moments. How many amazing ideas did you have that changed about eight times before you finally acted on it? If you thought of a cool idea for a story or a really cool picture that locked in your head but never wrote it down? Do you see where I'm going with this? If you want to remember it, you have to write it down. A journal is one of the most powerful extensions of our minds that we can possess. You convert your fragile short-term memory through a filter of artistic language and into a permanent blueprint for a creative project stored in a neat vault of your ideas. And the best part about it, no one will break into that vault. Journals are pretty unique because they only hold value to the writer. Well, unless you're, of course, you're famous. No one is gonna steal a used notebook from you and most people don't care about what you have to say in the raw text. So that little book of thoughts and ideas is all yours. Today I'll be talking about the importance of journaling and why it's essential to every artist. If you're a creative person and you don't have a journal or notebook or sketchbook, I, I don't know what to tell you. What, what are you doing? What are you doing with your, with your life? Most geniuses we know today always had some form of journal with them. Uh, from the grapevine.com mentions a few, including Albert Einstein, Mary Curie, Mark Twain, and Charles Darwin. Moleskin, one of the leading notebook making companies in the world, references prolific artists like Vincent van Gogh, Pablo Picasso, Ernest Hemingway, and Bruce Chatwin as active journal keepers. I mean, to say nothing of the polymath Leonardo da Vinci, whose intensely artistic journals are so famous that it's practically a cliche at this point. I mean, it's no secret that journaling is associated with genius, elegance, and a sort of quiet creativity. Even if you don't consider yourself any of those things, journaling is still a very important habit. There are no downsides to journaling that I'm aware of, apart from 15 minutes of your time and paper? I mean, like, nothing's lost from it. Plenty is gained. 
If you Google the benefits of journaling, there are about 10 million articles and bullet lists on reasons to implement that healthy habit. I'll give you the short version with some common themes between them. So first and most importantly, emotional intelligence. Good artists are aware of their emotions and thought processes. They know what can upset them, what drives them creatively, what calms them, and they know what are the best times to utilize those emotions or suppress them. Journaling, specifically recording your mood, emotional status, energy, thoughts, etc., will allow you to look at those thoughts later on, perhaps when you're in a different mood, and determine whether or not those feelings were caused by something, if they were justified, or uh, if you felt better or worse by expressing it. I mean, usually you feel better. Sometimes journaling is just best for when you want to get your feelings out, but reading your thoughts being played back to you observing your own mind in a sort of inner dialogue is extremely helpful for your emotional intelligence because well, it forces you to be self-aware. A uh, second common benefit, and the more important one for creativity, it lets you archive complicated ideas. When that eureka moment is in your head for the first time, it can be near impossible to replicate. You're firing on all cylinders, you're asking like, ooh, what if I do this, and then this, or what if this happens? Your neurons are firing faster than you can control. You have to get a piece of paper in those moments and capture it like fossilized amber. A journal keeps it safe and fresh, and hopefully when you're reading it later, it can inspire you back up to that moment and you're ready to flesh it out into something concrete. Moleskine worded it pretty well. They described the Moleskine notebook as a battery that stores ideas and feelings, releasing its energy over time. Amen to that. Journaling isn't necessarily just a way to blow off steam or write a grocery list. It's, it's your prized collection of ideas and motivational nuggets that can really help you in the creative ruts. And lastly, voice and vocabulary. Dawson Trotman said once that thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass through lips and fingertips. In other words, speaking and writing. One of the most single important things an artist must have is the ability to clearly communicate their vision. I mean, what do I always say about art? All it is is the expression of an emotion or idea. So the better you are at expressing, the better art you make. It doesn't get any simpler than that. Frequent journaling builds your voice and strengthens your ability to clearly express complicated ideas. The famous director, uh, Quentin Tarantino, said that as a filmmaker, he didn't have to be good at doing everything in filmmaking. He just had to be good at saying what he wanted to happen. True enough. Directors rely on the talent of everyone around them. Expressing your ideas to everyone effectively gets them on the same page and it adds a consistent energy to the craft. Especially when you see that everyone gets as excited as you because, well, they see your vision. I mean, mind reading would be pretty cool, but we're not there yet, and there's a huge set of inhibitors of language and empathy that we have to pile through to say what we need to say. Writing can overcome that barrier and usually build your voice. As for vocabulary, writing daily will help you give the mental fortitude to stretch out a bit and start to add more complicated words and passages to your thoughts. Reading and writing can go hand in hand. The more you want to write, the more you want to read. Okay, Ted, you sold me. I had a hunch that journaling is what it's cracked up to be, and I want to do it more. What should I use to write then? I can hear you ask in a New York accent. Well, all you really need is something to write with and something to write in. I'm not sponsored in any way, but Moleskine is definitely a personal favorite when it comes to journaling. 
I think I had at least three moleskin notebooks of different sizes. They can be a bit overpriced, but it, it's pretty dang nice to write on. Piccadilly is good as well, and they tend to be a cheaper alternative with very little loss to quality. But if you're starting out and don't normally journal regularly, I wouldn't recommend getting a nice looking journal. That sounds weird and nonsensical, but let me give you a little anecdote that kind of explains it. <sighs> when I was younger, whenever I wanted to get into journaling daily, I would find a nice clean looking composition notebook or a moleskin with fresh pages, and I would never write in them. If I did, I would write like two entries and then I would stop. The books were usually so nice and the pages were so clean and writable that I was afraid that my ideas weren't worth the paper. That's literally the opposite of what is supposed to happen. Have you been in that boat? Just nod if you've been in that boat. I just made you nod. Is anybody near you? Did they just see you nod for no reason? Okay, that's fair. Okay, this is weird now because we're kind of in like a one-sided conversation. How's your day going? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Anyways, I'm going to get back on track now, but it was nice talking to you. Thanks. You should never be afraid to write in your journal. You shouldn't worry about sounding stupid because you're the only one who's reading it. But regardless, it happens. So the first journal that I completely finished front to back was a green thin spiral notebook that I got for 99 cents. It was cheap, the wiring got all messed up by the end of it, and some of the pages were coming loose, but it was the best place I could journal out my ideas. It worked pretty well because it became a reflex to pull it out and rant about something that was on my mind or recall a memorable event that happened that day. And I didn't really worry about writing on the fancy pages because since I got it for a dollar, I can just fill out whatever I wanted onto it. And a filled out journal is incredibly satisfying and a kind of nerdy feeling. It feels like you finished writing a book or beating a video game. Once it became a sustainable habit, I was able to write in fancier journals now that the pressure is off. I have like three to five journals uh, in the progress of getting filled. Most of them are halfway done. Like I said, a journal is just an extension of your thoughts. So whatever gets those ideas onto the paper effectively is the journal for you. And the words that you end up putting on there are the genuine you. So you shouldn't feel stupid about saying it because Whatever it is, it's probably important that you thought it should be put on paper. So, if you're brand new to journaling and you want to dive right in, might I suggest some writing prompts to, dare I say, challenge you? 30-day writing challenges are just dang good fun. The Art of Manliness website has a neat 31-day jumpstart your journaling challenge. The prompts are pretty interesting to write about, and despite the manliness part about it, I think it's pretty fun regardless of your gender. And since September is a few days away along with the start of school, a 31-day challenge might just be perfect timing. I would also recommend the Book of Questions by Gregory Stock, and maybe out of that you can pick a cool question to start out each day. I think these sources are a bit better than other journaling challenges where, like, one day is just what makes you happy, question mark. It's kind of vague and it doesn't really stir the imagination. Heck, I really like journaling, so maybe I'll have a 31-day challenge with prompts and everything that I'll write. Stay tuned for that. Whatever your source, journaling as a challenge and a habit is a great way to begin developing your voice. In a later episode, I'll talk about effective journaling habits, whether or not to do it in the morning or evening, or if you should focus on length or time, etc. And that'll be in a big other episode. But until then... Uh, thanks a lot for listening. I'm excited to hear what ideas in your journal come to life. 
and I'll talk to you guys later. Mm -hmm.